0: Thank you. Welcome to Freaky Trigger and the Lords of Pop. Tonight we're joined by Cat Stevens. Hello. Tim Hopkins. Hello, Steve. And, uh, and Rob Brandon. Bren-
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hi,
2: Rob. Hi there.
0: Always a classic start. And I'm Steve Hewitt. And tonight we're talking about art. So, yes, lovely. Wow, sorry, I'm a bit loud here in my um, own headphones this evening, listeners. Ah, that's better. Lovely. So, art. It's a big subject. We can get it done in an hour, no problem.
1: You do mean specifically visual art, don't you, Steve?
0: Well, for the the purposes of the next 56 minutes, yes. More visual art than, than... Uh, performing art or um, any other sort of art but I think what I'd like to do before we get too carried away with talking about our favourite kind of art is play you a song
3: Keep going!
0: Thank you for that, Eddie. Uh, that was um, Art Brute there with Modern Art. Um, modern Art, of course, making them very much want to rock out. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I th- it, one of the questions, we uh, the things that we'd like to point out there is that um, I think that Eddie's talking about um, uh, modern art. High in, modernism. High modernism, if you will, Picasso and Van Gogh, etc. Whereas I think what will mainly be... Con- Concerning ourselves with this evening is um, what I think we might describe as contemporary art, to a greater or lesser extent.
4: Does that mean we won't be provoking Eddie to rock out? Well, uh, hopefully he will rock out. Oh, I was hoping he perhaps would, you know, keep it to himself a bit.
1: <laughs> oh, if you're listening out there, Eddie, hi, hi, Eddie. I've forgiven you for like spilling red wine on the carpet that time. <laughs> Actually, no, that wasn't you. That was Chris. Sorry. OK. So I was
4: I was talking to a friend of mine uh, the other week in Chicago, and he had uh, some kind of image that he needed printing out involving the uh, naked body of Eddie Argos. Oh, so, so he took it to his local whatever, or whatever the equivalent of Snappy Snaps is, or whatever, because um, he was having it put on some kind of canvas to give as a gift to his wife. And... Uh, Anyway, so it had been in the shop for a week and it was time for him to go and pick it up. And he went to pick it up and he went in and he said, I oh, know, I need that, I have a number, 12245, whatever it was. And he said that he, he like, really noticeably behind the counter, all the people working in the shop were, like, nudging each other and going, look, look, it's the na- it's the naked guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, no, no, it's not me, it was Eddie Argos. And none of them understood what he was saying. and thought that he was having a picture of himself in the nude,
0: printed. Oh dear. That's a delightful story. It's <laughs> a delightful, delightful story.
1: Oh, lovely Eddie Argos.
0: So, I have a question for our panel this evening, as is the, um, the, the way these things work here on Freaky Trigger and the Little Arts of Pop. And my question for you this evening is what is your favourite art? You can be as specific or as broad as you like. But I think we'll start with Ms. Stevens
1: hello. Um, I think my favourite art, well, my favourite piece of contemporary art of recent years was the slides in the Turbine Hall which were amazing and you was a bit like a helter-skelter. If you didn't actually experience it yourself then you've missed out. And uh, you got into the little sack and they told you to keep your arms inside the chute and like don't go head first or anything like that. And it was all a bit like um, uh, being at the fun fair when you're about six. Uh, except the most boring ride was actually really exciting instead and oh it was so good and even though it kind of gave my, uh, gave me my neck a little bit of a jarring because I don't know what it was about the slides that they were kind of joined together re- when, the, when you went over it in your little sack then it went bum 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 like that and so but the second time I learned to keep my head up and it didn't do that and I enjoyed it a lot more I see. I only went on it about a thousand times <laughs> It's
0: great, uh, Rob. What, what What would you like to tell us about? Well,
2: I've always been a bit of a sucker for big, ambitious sort of monumental artworks, and one of my favourites. I can't. It's It's too difficult to say whether it's my absolute favourite, but one of my favourites is uh, the Spiral Jetty, which is uh, a massive earthwork. Uh, built on the banks of the Great Salt Lake by Robert Smithson mm-hmm. uh, sometime back in the, the
0: 70s. Uh, 70s aren't as good, yes. Yes.
2: Um, what does it some, look like? A big it. spiral? It, it, it is literally a big, a big, massive spiral. Um, its I, I believe it's absolutely no good as a jetty, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless
0: you've got a particularly curvy boat. Yes.
2: <laughs> um, sticking right out in into the lake. It's actually been completely submerged about, about twice in its life and has uh, kind of re emerged from the lake sort of cool. due to environmental factors. I don't know how long it will actually last, but uh yeah it's it's amazing.
0: Uh, sorry where is it?
2: Uh the Great Salt Lake, Utah.
0: Ah, uh-huh, Utah. Mm.
1: If only we had a picture of it, it would be like jetty images.
0: Boom. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Kat.
1: <laughs> so, is it is it getting salty we've...
4: as it gets older? Is it, is, there, is there salt crystallising all over it and going sparkly? Um, I don't know, but I bet there is. Probably because the Great yeah. Salt Lake is quite salty, right? By definition, something called the Great Salt Lake
2: would would I reckon be quite salty. But Could it's, you it's, like? It's um, made, but you know, it's 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 made of you know rocks and held salt. To, yeah, held to...
1: The only other thing I am aware it's made of,
4: of helter. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, helter held together, held together. Yes, sorry, sorry. Yeah. You meant it's made of rocks and helter. Yeah, it's like I thought that's it was an actual it. helter skelter. Yes, it was a word that I would not come across before.
1: Do you think that this jetty could be used to break any world land speed records? Because that's what they do in salt lakes, as far as I'm aware.
2: Um, the the person actually trying to break break the land speed record would get very very dizzy.
1: Well, um, also
0: that's that's more salt flats, yeah, I was yeah. say. Yeah. which Same generally thing. don't have water in. Lakes it's a land land speed record.
4: Have you ever it's lived
0: in a flat?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, only for two weeks.
4: Okay, was it made of salt or
2: water? Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, we it then. contained both those things. yeah. Charlie, good. Tim,
4: uh, 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 this is a very hard question. So I'm going to say I like. Uh, I like the series of uh, video installations that Candice Brights did. Hooray! I'm really saying that to make you happy, it's not true. No, it is true. I I really like them and and these video installations uh, my favourite one was the one of Karen Carpenter.
0: One of her early pieces.
4: Yes. Which was called Me Slash You, I believe. Yes. And it was two tellies with, with DVD loops of Karen Carpenter, like like chopped up bits of Karen Carpenter video, uh, <laughs> where, where in one telly, Karen Carpenter was continually singing the word me. Yes. Largely from the video sort of some video footage of her singing Close to You. Oh, okay. So on one, imagine it, she would be going like, me, 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 over and over again. And on the other one, Karen Carpenter was... Repeatedly singing the word you
5: you you, you hold on
0: wait a minute you, let's let's see if we can do some more here you, wait a minute. You, right now if you, you two do it now
4: you, 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 like you. that, but with Karen carpenter, not just them um, you know, us
0: I hope oh. that I hope, you picked, I hope you picked that up at home though <laughs> with my amazing panning skills
4: pictures <laughs> pictures of Karen carpenter, uh you know, like playing the drums and stuff while singing the words me and you
1: oh it
4: was great.
1: I love Karen Carpenter. Yes. I think she would make the husband list, actually. Wow. Uh, along with Anthea Turner and um, Stella from CSI New York.
0: Totally good. We'll we maybe return to the um, the husband lists it's in a, a future show. It, I know that we've, we've, we've discussed it in, in, uh, some distance in the past. All the other shows ever. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking speaking of shows in the past, there is, there is as always, um, the Freaky Trigger and the Lards of Pop Corrections Corner. Yes. Uh, regarding last week's show, if you were listening, you will recall... Uh, Pete Barron claiming, uh, not for the first time, him, Pete Barron, claiming something, that um, the um, safety curtains at in theatres are made from lead. We'd like to point out that there is no recorded case of uh, safety curtains in theatres being made of lead. They wouldn't be very safe, would they? Well, no, for a number of reasons. He's crazy, that man. He is crazy, that man. Ah. What Although, were they made of? Well... Uh, um, as, as we discussed last week, we, um, w- we thought they were mainly made of fireproof material. It does seem possible that in the olden times um, that they were possibly made of iron, hence they, they are often referred to by the backstage crew who like their kind of technical terms for things as the iron.
1: Um. Yeah, so when you say you've left the iron on, it takes on a whole different meaning.
0: Very much so, yes.
4: That means that West Ham haven't yet left the field from last Saturday
0: afternoon. <laughs> that's, that's, oh no, sorry, for uh, United. Up United. Oh, for the iron, as opposed to irons.
1: That's all right, I laughed anyway. <laughs> well,
0: shall Rob? Shall we have your song, or shall we have your talkie?
1: Um,
2: shall I just start talking?
0: Let's let, let let's start you talking. Yes. So, Rob. Yeah, I believe you want to talk about exciting things regarding um, televisual programmes of the seventies and eighties, and the link to art.
2: Well, quite. Um, uh, not so long ago, um, I was uh, party to an argument in a pub, uh, and this. Ar-
0: <laughs> really, <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I find Surely that hard
2: not. to believe. <laughs> Who'd have thought? This particular argument um, kind of culminated in everybody around the table being required to draw a giraffe. Blimey. Yeah.
1: Um, that's a that's a difficult animal to draw on demand. It
4: it is, it is. Oh, I don't know about that.
1: I think I think it and, is. And,
4: oh
2: and right. so you know, we all we all we all took, we all took this on to uh, to varying degrees of success. And uh, my my own drawing, while far far from the best and far from the best drawing of a giraffe ever, was at least recognisably a giraffe.
1: It it had the the general features of a yes. giraffe, like big sort of spotty patches and that. Yeah, yeah. Long patches,
2: neck long neck. Obviously. The little horns th- are they yeah. actually
4: horns? Are they are they literally horns on the top of a giraffe, or is it something else? I
0: think that's for for a later show regarding <laughs> <laughs> animals, animal headgear. Yes. yes. <laughs>
4: um,
2: and and it occurred to me, you know, having having had no formal training really, I didn't really get on with art in school. Um, the reason I knew how to draw a giraffe was because uh, I grew up watching Tony Hart.
1: Hey.
0: Boo. We'll come back to that in a moment, but carry on with your hooray.
2: Um, So, yeah, um, and so, you know, i preparing for this programme. I I actually watched uh, a bunch of, uh, I know, preparation. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know, it's not what we do.
4: Anyway, Um, (laughs) what did you watch?
2: Um, So, I I watched a... a bunch of old uh, Tony Hart clips just to see you know, if if he really was really was as important as, uh,
1: well, as I... he was definitely important to yeah. me I mean um, my particular flavor of Tony Hart was heartbeat rather mm-hmm. than um, take heart or any of the other ones uh, and I, I loved him I I sent in pictures to the gallery
2: Really?
1: Were any were of them, were them published? No,
4: no, because they were all a bit rubbish. And they didn't
0: send them back either, did
1: they? They, they didn't, very, you know? No, very
0: very no, interestingly, I'm in um, in um, Edinburgh, um, we're at a show by a guy called um, Toby Hadoke, um, who was responsible for um, Moths Ate My Doctor Who Scarf. But his show, this show, is called Now I Know My BBC, which is a marvellous hour long polemic about how great the BBC is and included about. Ten minutes on um, on on the gallery and take heart and how you know people sending their pictures in and how that they basically all just went in the bin and this was know
5: uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: well the ones, the ones the, obviously they, they, they wouldn't they wouldn't send them back to you so um, but yes, it was nice that um, he was talking about how um I'll have to work out how to do this bed thing properly. it's um, the problem with this track it's only two and a bit minutes long. If um, I'd
1: sent Tony Hart in a giraffe, do you think I would have had more luck
0: potentially, yes.
2: Possibly. I mean, I, know, I noticed sort of like during the during the heartbeat era that he was getting more and more into sort of like more more contemporary stuff and more abstract stuff. There was a there there was one um, gallery from from heartbeat that featured uh, two spin paintings. Oh, really? In fact,
1: uh, I'm going to be very ignorant here. What's a spin painting?
2: A uh, spin painting is basically when you get your paper or canvas and put it on some form of turntable, like a record deck or something, and then you just blob paint on it.
1: Awesome!
0: <laughs> yes, and um, something that Damien Hurst has made many thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds from.
1: Oh. Yes,
2: allegedly after seeing it on Blue Peter.
0: Really? Yes. I'd missed that um, particular point there. <laughs> well done, Damien, there. Good, Good work.
1: Oh, man.
4: So, did you know how to draw a giraffe as a result of Take Heart? Or Tony Hart in general. Is that, is that what you're alleging now?
2: I believe I did, yes. He, 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 the, my entire grounding in art and everything, everything I knew about, knew about art came, came from Take Heart, came from Heartbeat.
1: What about um, lovely Margot, his assistant?
2: Lo- lovely posh Margot.
1: She was awesome. OK, uh, number four for the list, maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was, I, I seem to recall, a, a range of uh, assistants as the, as the years progressed.
1: At one point, he had two. And the one that wasn't Margot, whose name I can't remember, in one uh, episode of Heartbeat, then they were redecorating the the studio. And obviously in various artistic styles and whatnot. And uh, at the beginning of the programme, you could see the uh, assistant who wasn't Margot. Let's call her... Brenda. Brenda was paying... <laughs> Look, it starts with B. I'm on a B trip today. Um... Brenda was painting uh, a spiral staircase and she was painting this lovely blue colour and uh, uh, Tony went, oh, that's really nice, Brenda. You know, so, oh, well done. You know, you're getting, uh, each step you do, you can sort of like, you're getting further to your goal and I'm going to go off and talk to Morph for a bit and do the thing and uh, we'll check on your progress at the end of the programme. And, of course, Brenda had been painting it as a step below the step she'd been standing on. Oh, no. So she was stuck. She'd finished the staircase, but she was stuck on the little platform at the top.
4: She couldn't slide down the bannister,
1: no? because no, she'd painted that. Oh. She was very thorough. And now she couldn't get it down. And then the end credits rolled with Brenda stuck up there, going, don't leave me here. And they turned the lights off. And she was wailing. And I, I actually felt really
4: sad. It seemed like a tough place to work. That's so, so sad that you can't even remember her, her name. name. Yeah, sorry, Brenda. I must say, well, I mean, obviously, I'm too old to remember Hearts Beat. Uh, I do remember Take Heart. I mean, when I was an, an actual child, it was more your, your Vision On. But I, it did strike me, even as a relatively small person, that they weren't ever saying anything was rubbish.
1: What on the gallery bit? Well, ever? No, no but nothing.
4: Nothing they ever did was anything other than like, oh, isn't that good? And it struck me that, you know, without a sense of something not being good, you don't get a rewarding sense of something being
0: actually good. But I think what they were saying is that, hooray, look, it's art. Yeah,
4: but, you know, that was no good to me even as a child.
0: But that's, that's your very high standards.
4: Well, that's not my fault.
1: I think the focus was more on saying, "Look you could dip this paperclip in some glue, and like this is what happens." Isn't that awesome?
4: Yeah, and generally speaking, in my view, it was not awesome. And I mean, uh, this kind of carries forward. I have the same problem with photography now, where I, you know, I go and see exhibitions of photography, and they all look really, you know, they they all look like really well put together photographs. And I, because they all seem quite good. I can't get that sense of like, wow, that's amazing. I don't get any sense of wow, well, that's amazing, or photography because it all seems pretty good and none of it well, seems amazing. Just
0: taking pictures of stuff, isn't it? Taking pictures and that. I'm not, I'm not that fussed on photography. No,
4: that's well, nothing. I'm, I'm not either, but that, I think that's why I'm not that fussed, because you know I go and I go and see exhibitions of painting and lots of it is absolutely bleeding terrible.
0: Well, quite yes. In this day and age. In this imagine, day and age. Imagine.
1: imagine. It's never is going to be as good as dipping some paper clips in glue and sticking them to a potato and calling it a hedgehog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're saying photography. Uh, yeah.
1: I think that one was art attack actually.
0: Ah, oh, well, you say art uh, attack, uh, is, uh, it, yeah, well, is it? Is <laughs> it? That's uh, possibly a whole other hour. Maybe the 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 difference that well, well, compar- it, it, comparing comparing and contrasting Neil Buchanan with Tony Hart. But just well, it, just so I'm clear, the
4: May I um may I just check this that you what you're saying, cat? is that no photograph ever <laughs> is going to be as good as getting a paper clip.
1: Lots of paper
4: clips. Many paper clips. In I'm not sure am sure we've
0: got time to um, go into the, um and putting them the in the a yeah. calling it a hedgehog. That's better than photography.
5: Yeah, I think absolutely
0: agree. Very important here that stuff made out of other stuff is the best art.
1: Oh, blatantly. I mean, um, oh, that's why, uh, um, oh, what's it, uh, smarts. They were really good at making stuff out of other stuff. They Th- were. They were very big on the whole recycling tip.
0: It's, it's bricolage, though, so, isn't it?
4: Is this a television programme from the 1990s, by any chance? Uh, uh,
1: yes. yes. Okay. It, was the,
0: it was the successor, uh, uh, sans, sans Mr. Hart. Yeah. And ah, it, uh, that's and that's it, it was after my
1: time as well. Yeah, it, it was very much a um, three-dimensional uh, they did do the occasional drawings on the thing, but um, they were very big on the uh, the, the big art. You know, they sort like chucking bags of sand around to make a huge picture, which Neil Buchanan did on Art Attack a lot. And, and as to well. be fair,
0: Tony Hart did on on later. I, th- I
1: think that I don't know if it's just because they like had a bigger budget on Art Attack, but it always seemed to be a lot better than the big paintings than Heartbeat and. Ooh. <laughs>
0: It's a controversial opinion there, I think. The
1: thing is Tony Hart could draw and Yom Buchanan can't he admitted well, this it. Is, this
2: this this is absolutely true. And you know, I mean it was I think I think, you know, I, I, I was I was always very down on art attack, partly because, you know, it it did seem like a it did seem like a wholesale ripper for the format, including the big large scale mm. artworks. And and also that set was just
1: blinding. It was Good. a little bit harsh yeah. on the eye. Yeah. High contrast white background. Oh, blimey.
0: In case any of you are wondering, we've now moved on to uh, Cavatina by John Williams, which is the um, the later gallery music. Rather wasn't, than the wasn't
4: there some cod reggae at some point as well?
0: Mm. I, um, um, this is the one that I particularly remember, is and that then that? there's the do 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 that we were listening to before. That I, um, I
4: have a vague memory that there was some reggae. reggae. But, I, you know, I... I can't really remember. I, just I think it's it
0: time to move on to a song now, though. <laughs> Rob, tell us about your song.
4: Um,
2: this this is a song by uh, Solange. Uh, it's called Solange Knowles.
1: Oh, so. Beyonce's sister.
2: Yes. Ah. Uh,
5: uh, and it's called Tony. So Tony don't call no more. No, matter that i no more. Maybe there's something wrong with his wife, or maybe it's morning and the thrill is gone not sure if I'm still respected, And I'm not in a rush to feel rejected Not by Tony Tony don't care no more He doesn't want me there no more I just want to know what I did wrong Damn, this will make a real good song And I don't have these nights too often I wish you could take my mind off them But I really like Tony And he was But I really miss Tony Although Tony called me one day He said that he just called to say hey And it wasn't until he called me back That I realized I needed more than that I'm a lot wiser and a little older Hey baby, it was nice to know ya Goodbye Tony Still he was in
0: Lange Knowles um, with T-O-N-Y, Tony, lovely, uh, you're listening to Resonance FM, The Art of Listening, 104.4 Lon- in London and ResonanceFM.com online, this is Freaky Trigger and the Lords of Pop um, and I'm Steve Hewitt and you can re-listen to the show, you possibly are re-listening to the show via the podcast at freakytrigger.co.uk. Well, also, we might post a Tony Hart video that we found that,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that
0: um, it's make it, made, us, made us chuckle this week. But um, you'll have to visit the website to find out exactly what's going on there. But um,
1: It wouldn't work on the radio. It
0: very much wouldn't work on the radio. Let's just say that Tony does a picture and it looks a bit... No
1: spoilers. If, you've,
0: if, you've, if you're the mind of an eight-year-old, it looks a bit rude. And we've got the mind of eight-year-olds. Catherine. Well... I, Stevens.
1: Today, I have the the mind of a 16-year-old. Really? And you know why? Because um, thinking about art, the last time I actually engaged with art on a, a high level was during GCSE art, which was amazing. That is a high level. I love GCSE art so much. Um, all my other subjects were very much science-y and I was expected to well and get full marks and A-stars and all over the place. But art... No one cared. So I could just do what I liked. It was great. And uh, I, I was just like, oh, yeah, I'll just do this and it'll be fine. And everything was really relaxed and there was no pressure. And it, and it was it was awesome. Um, and I had a great teacher as well who is the, the kind of surfer dude type who is very much easygoing. And, like, he had a name that sort of insinuated that he smoked marijuana. and right, Although wait, he blatantly what? didn't.
4: What was the name? What name do you have? I, I
1: can't, I can't say.
0: Can't. Oh. No, that would be rude.
1: But, um, if he, it's a, well, the, like, the, the phrase pot was present. Okay. Okay. Hi, Mr. Full Pot. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's not listening. He'll be surfing in Cornwall somewhere. Anyway, he was a really good teacher, and he didn't really care for the drawing a bowl of fruit or all of that boring stuff that you said, like, oh, God, oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, that, that bowl of fruit. Seriously. Can anyone draw a ban- More people can draw a giraffe than a banana, I bet you. <laughs> banana, really? Oh, well, pineapples, they're tricky, man.
0: True doubt. Yeah. Pineapple's definitely tricky. Yeah. But a banana, it's just three three slightly curvy lines, surely.
1: I know, but getting the the middle line in the right... Oh, it, Drawing a cartoon banana, fine. But actually trying to draw an artistically accurate, you know, a realistic banana...
4: You're saying that's more difficult than drawing an artistically accurate giraffe?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. OK. Anyway, we didn't do the still life stuff that much and um, uh, Mr Philpot basically encouraged us to um, draw inspiration from other areas and he was a, he was a big music <laughs> no, see, fan. See, that's
4: really hard to draw.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, dear. <laughs>
1: And uh, um, uh, we uh, did lots of things like uh, designing our own board games and right. things like that. Because obviously, board game, it's got a lot of art on it because you've got a big, flat thing. And we were encouraged to make it three-dimensional and everything. And I did uh, a board game called Alien Pit, which was all very much a, a pit with some aliens in that you had to fish out. That was good. And uh, uh, But my favourite bit was uh, when Mr. Philpott asked us to draw some album artwork. Really, Kat? Oh, it, was, oh, it was so awesome. Because finally we could express uh, ourselves, uh, our musical interests in school and get away with it, even if it was parental advisory. <gasps> I know. Well, we had to paint a little parental advisory sticker in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, uh, we used tipex in the end because like the white never really mixed up properly. No, but it was it was cool.
4: So who did you do? Well, was it an imaginary band?
1: Unfortunately, no. Oh, well, I, sort of. When I when I when I was fourteen and fifteen, sixteen, doing GCSE art, then I was a bit of a goth. And well, let's say um, my my musical interests were very much a. Uh, uh, they, they'd they moved away from the sort of, like, hippie, crystal, new age, new rave thing. <laughs> and they'd moved on to morbid, metal, satanic, gothic Marilyn Manson. Oh, for shame.
0: Bye Marilyn. Bye
1: bye. Oh, I loved Marilyn Manson and um, that
0: was rubbish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, just just
0: for just for back announce purposes that was uh, Antichrist Superstar by Marilyn Manson.
1: Yes, and um, also the only song off that particular album that is just about suitable for the radio. Just about. Just about. So um, technically I wouldn't have had to put parental advisory on that. I think I could have got away with it. But use it, having to use Tipex was just too good an opportunity not to miss up. So good. Anyway, so um, I chose... I didn't actually chose that particular track. I chose The Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson. Oh, yes. Which, uh, who, which is probably a single that our listeners may be more familiar with than that particular one. And uh, It's
0: all relative to the size of your staple.
1: It is. And, um, of course, I thought that the, the Beautiful People was a song about... Um,
0: Beautiful church heights.
1: Well, about uh, uh, glamorous uh, models and showbiz celebrities sort of living up the life and so like. Oh, but we're empty inside. And like, of course, as a teenager, I was like, I was very much for real. And uh, all those shallow people who are interested in appearances and makeup and like who clearly knew how to apply eyeshadow better than I did, they were just going to get their comeuppance one day. Mark my words. I totally didn't get any of the Nietzschean subtext beneath it,
4: but never mind. What was it really about? Then?
1: Um, it, it's a very complicated story, but it's all there on Wikipedia. Actually, if you look up. Anteprised well, as, star. as as we know.
0: Um Trigger and the Royal Arts of Bob eschews the use of Wikipedia. Exactly, so it's very much banned in the making of any of our programmes.
1: Or is it?
0: Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Those are the rules.
1: But I've just edited that rule just now. <sighs> ah. Ah. Anyway, uh, so for um, I assumed that particular meaning for uh, the beautiful people and didn't actually realise that it was about some sort of post-revolution. Uh, uh sort of, uh a, a young sort of like upstart sort of taking take care of and, and uh uh assuming the mantle of the people he once hated. So, yeah, oh, it's, it's all very complicated. And I just uh, uh, decided to draw a big picture of um, a, a pretty lady looking in a mirror and a big scary skeleton looking back at her. Ooh, this, is skeleton. G, this is what GCSE art's all about. Well,
0: very much so, yes. Yes, in the same way that GCS history, GCSE history is about writing what it was like to live in the trenches so did they
4: did they have you do that on a 12 inch by 12 inch uh, pretendie record
1: no I think it was a- A2 <laughs> A2 so A2
0: Lovely. A- I thought Wait, you were so going to we say think- like a CD case
5: blimey
1: yeah no no it was really big and um yeah. uh, I made the mistake of not putting it on the easel and doing it flat so like the the head was really small <laughs> the legs were really big. <laughs> I never oh, got quite so, got like a hang of perspective
2: <laughs> so we're when when you create asked to create this was this sort of like were you recreate, recreating the original artwork or no we or had to do something completely do it, doing different your own interpretation or we
1: weren't allowed to recreate the artwork we had to do something different and um, loads of people um, did variations on um, uh, babies in swimming pools chasing um, a, a ten dollar, bill. Ten mm. dollar yes. bill or however much it was and uh, Mr Philip wasn't very happy about no.
4: that no I remember in, in my music room at school. Uh, they, they'd been through a similar exercise because, you know, it's a total staple of art class, this this thing. And somebody, I guess, had the week before seen the uh, long-forgotten 80s band, the Hoodoo Gurus, on um, I think on the Tube, I think they were once on the Tube, 80s television music programme. <laughs> not not the London Underground.
1: No. Um, oh, right, the Jules Holland thing. The Jules thing. Yes, Holland right. and,
4: and Paulie Yates thing. And, but anyway, they completely misspelled Hoodoo Gurus, so they they, they they'd spent a lot of time. This was a very detailed, and not a bad piece of art, but it it said it spelled Hoodoo B O O D O. It was the Hoodoo Gurus, and I laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs>
5: hmm.
4: I was reading the uh, weblog of a friend of ours who is an art teacher the other day, and he was saying how you know he used to have his kids the kids he was teaching do this you know design the record sleeve when he started i guess 20 years ago being an art teacher he would have them do an album sleeve and then you know 15 10 15 years ago that that changed to design a cd cover and now, <laughs> now the kids don't even really know what CD covers are. So you know, if you're going to have, if you're going to carry that through, they should be designing a sort of half-inch square icon for no, the really. iTunes. So he's he's actually, they, I think, reverting to the twelve-inch. Surely vinyl. they'd be
1: making the YouTube video.
4: Hmm. Well, it, it's not all about just making videos. There's also a drawing element to what Class still, even now.
5: Well, that, a that's, that's debatable
0: it, 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 as, as to whether there still is. Um, in my professional life um, I know that um, the, the college at which I work gets lots of its um, art students uh, lots of the students on our drawing classes come from the, um, the local actual proper art college because they've never been taught to draw and actually tootling along to us and doing two hours on a Friday afternoon it's like the first time they've been actively taught to actually draw. blimey, what's the world coming to? <laughs> what, indeed. How Some... many
1: giraffes come out of that?
0: <laughs> it is basically just all giraffes. <laughs> all, they do, all they do...
1: And bananas.
0: Giraffes and bananas. Which,
4: let's face it, you know, given a certain perspective, look pretty similar. Some have got heads on.
2: <laughs> Some, something actually related to the whole business of um, album cover art. Um, during the... Uh, E17 art trail that went on a few weeks ago in Walthamstow. Uh, we ended up at the uh, the
4: the castle. Uh, I thought in... you were going to say the home of one of E17.
2: I
1: know, House of Love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, and as part as
2: part of this uh, whole thing, the one of the the walls along along one of the pub walls was decorated with just about I think it was a, a hundred, um, 12 inch by twelve inch artworks. Or cool. uh, completely original. But you, you're you looking at them and you suddenly think, actually, that looks like a Libertines album cover. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like a placebo album cover.
0: Um, I suppose this is just because we are so... Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Saturated. We're, no, no, no that we're so used to looking at something that's that shape. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, right, because that's, that's not a standard shape for a piece of art. I'd suggest that either they would be... They, even even square artworks, are few and far between in comparison to the standard portrait or landscape. That's probably true. I think it's possibly the a fair uh, point. Do you the think?
4: Royal College of Art did a, a long annual series of uh, square prints, It's a kind of printmaking portfolio. So mm-hmm. when I see those, I think of those. No, I don't really. I think of album covers. <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> I is think this of is my house.
0: possibly the best. Um, um, unplanned segue, but... Um, so, anyway, pop and art. Pop and art? Yeah. Do you think that there's... Um, what What do we know about um, songs that are about... pop music songs that are about the art, the visual art?
1: I always thought scritty Politti had something to do with art, but I, then I learned it was art rock, which is different. Yes.
0: But I think in terms of, obviously... I, there there are some classics of the genre, most of which are reviled. I think it's fair to say it's
4: pretty rare, isn't
0: it? It's pretty rare, but obviously, if we start with, um, well, both Vincent and Starry Starry Night by Don McLean, <sighs> these tend to be um, those are those are bad, aren't hmm. they? Those are bad.
1: They're both both about the same dude, yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Right. Uh, he's, I didn't he's like that.
0: It's de- called Mr. Starry.
1: I didn't. Li- yeah. I didn't like that Doctor Who episode. I think I was the only person who didn't. Seriously, I mean, I, I get what they're trying to do, but that's not sci-fi, is it? Sorry, we, I mean, we're going way You've off topic again. i have entirely
0: lost the, the remaining <laughs> room, I think, there. <laughs> there, are, there are
4: big lumps of popular pop which don't seem to want to tangle with, uh, with either contemporary or you know, classical mm-hmm. or classic, you know, whatever, gallery, mainstream visual art at all. Like I, you know, I've listened to a lot of reggae over the years and I can't think of a single reggae record that's actually about a painting. There's a picture on my wall by the... Uh, well, the version I know is by the Natural Heights, but that's more just about a picture of Rastafari sat up in his throne. No doubt, yeah. And it's it's not... You know, it's the fact that it's a picture of Rastafari in his house, rather than anything mm-hmm. to do with the the qualities or, or content of the picture. Well, the content, I suppose. But yeah, no, nothing to do with the quality of the picture. Seems to me there's a thing here, which is you know lots of lots of pop music, lots of po- lo- lots of the lyrical content of pop music, um, either tries to pull a kind of a kind of power move, a cool power move. In other words, it it, it make it wants to make itself or make its listener feel cooler than a, another person mm-hmm. or another thing. It, you know, it, it differentiates itself by being cooler than and. It seems to me that it's pretty difficult to pull that kind of power move using um, high art, using accepted high art, mm-hmm. um, because there's, you know, there, on, on one side there's a problem of, you know, if I don't know much about this, I really run the risk of being super naff. Yeah, like when you read a or. novel that's about pop music and the, the you know, the the the, the, the um, protagonist is a massive pop music obsessive, and all they ever talk about is the Beatles and it's yeah. like that's no, not uh, going to happen
0: that, there's no need to be mean about Nick Hornby, even that's, <laughs> that's quite clearly what you're doing uh, but I, you know, I think is it as well because that um, when you're talking about lyrics which is where we'd pick this stuff up from mm-hmm. that they would take their cues from uh, literary heroes rather than art heroes so you'd have um, they'd have poets and authors um, rather than than visual artists as their inspiration, their their heroes.
4: Well, the thing is with poets and authors is that you can actually steal a big lump of the words to incorporate into your lyrics. Yes. But if you're gonna, if you you know, if you decide that you're going to write a song about, ah, uh, I don't know, Gogam. No, yeah, actually, how are you going to write your song about Gogan unless you're sort of describing the work of Gogan At which I, I point, at which point you're trying you to do? What you
1: probably do is you go, "Whoa, I'm going to Tahiti." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs>
4: that's probably true, <laughs> but it's, you know, it gets to the point where it's hard to see how that's actually about Gogan.
1: Is it, I thought it was, was it Tahiti you went to?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Tahiti, and there is the famous uh, I mean, fish from Tahiti by Danny and the Dressmakers, which may be about uh, <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe well, I think he was quite Gorgon. excited
1: about going there.
4: Yeah, but you, you see what I mean. If you're <laughs> yeah, inspired yeah, 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 by yeah, a picture, yeah. if you're, you know, if you're if you're trying to say something about the picture, you have to actually do. You, you can you can make a bleak reference to the picture, which you know ends up not being really a reference to the picture at all, or you can. Try to do some sort of art crit inside the song, which is incredible, you know, will require an extremely confident uh, lyricist to yes. actually take that yeah. on.
1: I think it's easy just... to do it the other way around to get visual art inspired by the music because obviously that's what music videos are most of the time and album artwork. And so... there's quite
4: a lot of that now. I mean, you know, the last, the, the last, lo- lots of the last 20 years of contemporary art has been has been inspired by pop music one way or another or mm-hmm. you know I because a, it's ever present i did a i did a uh, review a lengthy review on um on freaky trigger this summer of an artist the um barefoot lone pilgrim whose name was david something or other he replied he's a very nice man who, who was totally inspired by 70s funk and soul and sunra and lots of exciting stuff like that mm-hmm. Look it up on Freaky Trigger, Lone Foot Bear, <laughs> Barefoot Lone Pilgrim. It, it was really good.
0: Um, Some, uh, Another example did just pop into my mind there. Um, do you remember the band Rothko? Uh,
4: vaguely, I know their name.
0: I, I, They're they were, they were an instrumental band, not um, a million miles away from uh, the Mogwai kind of style type things, although I seem to recall them having three bass players. Oh, fancy. Three bass players, viewers, imagine that.
1: Three too many. <laughs>
0: One, not enough. So you, <laughs> you, you do find that people who are really confident
4: will, will write songs. But,
0: but, but maybe, the, maybe there's issues with actually um, doing instrumental stuff. And if you're saying, yeah, this is inspired by a vast... I don't know if they, their songs were inspired by a vast series of Mark Roth But if you're making abstract instrumentally music about abstract instrumentally... Uh, abstract uh, paintings, yeah. maybe there's a thing.
4: That, that kind of makes sense mm. and you know some of the I, I was i was listening to in in thinking about music that might be about art t- uh th- today i was listening to a song called joseph cornell by the 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 clientele who are uh, you know the the, the, the sort of well, i'm not going to talk about the clientele but you know, joseph cornell being a famous surrealist artist who put stuff inside boxes and is. On display in many of the great galleries around the world, sort of a surrealist, I suppose. I he gets kind of lumped in with the surrealists without necessarily being necessarily a mainstream surrealist. But I listened to Joseph Cornell by the clientele again today. Uh, it's a record I very much like, but doesn't really have much to do with Joseph Cornell. It's just it becomes a it becomes a reference point, mm-hmm. and that's totally cool when you're writing pop songs and you're you know I mean one of the things that pop songs do is they some pop songs do is they cram in reference points so that people they become like signposts for people to follow and um, you know, inspirations, and that's one of the great things that pop does.
0: Sorry, I just realized um, you're describing the career of the Malik Street features there, but carry on,
4: <laughs> yeah, well, right. Well, you know, Kevin Carr, well, yes, yes, you know, it's, it's, one, of those, story, it's yeah. one of those things where you can, you know, you make a reference in your pop song, and people who don't necessarily know about that stuff can go and find out Mm -hmm. but you if you're going to do that you're going to be you're going to have to be very careful that the reference you make is not a reference to something totally naff or something for example that you're going to be you know you you want to be ahead of your art teacher in school you don't want to be going you know you don't want to be going oh yeah i learned about this yesterday in fourth form art do you know what I mean? Yeah. You want yeah. you want something that's going to make you that's going to open up your horizons rather than rather than make you feel like oh they're talking about this thing that I already know about yeah yeah so you you know if you're writing a pop song you want to be really confident that you're either making a really interesting point or or you know posting a reference that's that's in some way more obscure or interesting or something yeah it's a confidence thing
0: yes I think that's fair enough. Um, any other examples of um, and Andy Warhol by David Bowie? Where do we? Oh, Which I
4: thought was horrible about him it's, you know
2: it sounds like he's been really mean, right? Yeah, I mean, I, from from what I read, I understand that Bowie meant meant it as a compliment, but um, Warhol did not interpret it that way
4: at all. Uh, uh, he was a funny old
2: person, yeah, he was he? Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Andy Warhol, he's a scream. Hanging on your hang him on your wall. Andy Warhol, something, some uh, silver screen. Yes. Can't tell them apart at all.
1: Is that because he had loads of the same picture and just in different colours? I could tell them apart. They were like Marilyn Monroe's hairs, like blue in that one and yellow in that one. I can tell them apart. Th- it's I easy. Think, I
4: think it's more that you can't tell Andy Warhol apart from the silver screen, but I could be wrong about that because of his Perhaps hair. Dave in Beckenham could call in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, of course, um, uh, uh, uh an old friend of ours um, does work on the Andy Warhol archive um, which is like a massive massive warehouse full of boxes and uh, she's an archivist and she spends every day opening these boxes not knowing what she's going to find next. Limes. And um, she's, um, there's been yeah here's another boring pile of New York posts, another boring pile of Layers to somebody. Oh, here's a dead rat. Um, <laughs> oh, here's some actual undiscovered world, proper actual art. Wow.
1: Here's a death threat to David Bowie.
4: <laughs> Pablo yeah. Picasso by Jonathan Richmond. Yes. What of it? Do you know the song? I don't. Okay, I, the, I do. The, it's a song about how he uh, he goes around um, trying to pick up girls. Jonathan Richmond, that is.
1: Yeah. Apparently, and, he's not a very nice person. And
4: people think he is an. Uh, for the purposes of radio, an a-hole. Yes. Would it? And would it make a bed, or is it? Um, yeah, you can play a bit of it. Play a little bit. Haven't got very long left. No I know, but we'll have a bit. But of it's time. not really about Pablo Picasso. He's using Pablo Picasso as that as somebody who was allowed oh, to go around, saying. was allowed to go around picking up girls, and people didn't call him an a-hole, but they do call Jonathan Richmond an a-hole. It's a bit sad, really.
1: Yeah. Whereas it, I think they're kind of equally a-holes.
0: Well, yeah. quite possibly, yes. Mm. They can't there resist his stare, apparently. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs>
2: Oops. After all that effort, you went to a on I'm sorry <laughs> about that, listeners.
1: Oh, he's <laughs> <laughs> talking about donkeys. That's he fine.
4: He's busily making a Picasso reference, and, you know, nah, fair enough. You know, it, it, it sort of feels like sort of kind of a power move.
0: Yes, yes, I see what you're but saying not
4: there. so much, that one. Um, the would-be-good song, The Last Geth and I, where it, it's a fascinating song because actually the would-be-goods do an interesting thing where unusually for India, of their vintage, they're, they are playing with the idea of being um, upwardly mobile and moneyed and they talk about you know the life of privilege. I <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Sorry, the would-be-goods. Um, we are going to have to, quick, okay. 20 seconds. One more song, then.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but before the song. Um, this song we're going to listen to is yes. uh, called How Many Times by Sportique and is quite rude about contemporary art. But he's friendly con- to contemporary art, really. It involves former members of Tallulah Gosh, who included Elizabeth Price, famous contemporary artist, and
0: all-round good egg. And... Just before we do that, we'll say goodnight. Um, this has been Freaky Trigger and the Arts of Pop. You've been listening to me, Steve Hewitt, Kat Stevens. Bye-bye. Tim Hopkins. Cheers. And Rob Brennan. Ta-ta.
3: i